Hello, this is David Wilcoxon, and this is part one of the explanation of the timeline of the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy. Please watch the introduction videos as they set the foundation for the discussion. I'm confident that if you listen to all of the videos in this series, you will see the overwhelming evidence that the 70th week of Daniel 9 was fulfilled on time after the 69th week, when Messiah carried out his multi-year ministry and died for our sins and the gospel was proclaimed to the Jews first. I know that seems absurd as the teaching is so popular and you may have looked into the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy before. Still, my challenge to you is to watch all of the videos with an open mind, pray for truth instead of seeking to defend a belief, compare the explanations with scripture and history, and make a conclusion based on all of the evidence. Proverbs 18.13 says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. In this video, I will discuss the timeline of the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy to show why it's broken into three sections of seven weeks, 62 weeks, and one week, and I will show what took place during each section. It helps validate the starting year to know the time frame that Messiah started his multi-year ministry, the year that Messiah was cut off, sacrificed in the middle of the seven years of the 70th week and the year that the prophecy ended. Recall that the context is that Daniel was praying about what would happen to the Jewish people as he knew that they were close to being released from their 70-year punishment in Babylon. He was not praying about the end times or the Antichrist. And to proclaim that Daniel 9, 24-27 is about the pinnacle of human history, in which Messiah died for our sins, rose again, ascended to heaven, and promised to return for his saints, and about Messiah's enemy, the Antichrist, is absurd. From a logical perspective, the fact that there's even a debate about whether the 70th week was fulfilled after the 69th week is odd. It makes no sense for the Father to call it a 70-week prophecy if it's not fulfilled in 70 consecutive weeks. People insert an almost 2,000-year time gap into a 490-year prophecy when the text does not declare that there's a break, and it points to Messiah appearing in the 70th week. I've seen others proclaim that Messiah fulfilled the first half of the 70th week, but that the last three and a half years are yet to be fulfilled in the end times, when the prophecies in Revelation are fulfilled. That is another false explanation that inserts a 2,000-year time gap into a 490-year prophecy. I will show what occurred during the prophecy's last three and a half years. The prophecy starts with this declaration in Daniel 9.24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Seven is a set-apart number for our Heavenly Father. The Strong's Hebrew dictionary word for week is Shabuah, which means sevened, a week specifically of years. It's based on Strong's Hebrew dictionary word 7650 Shaba, which means to seven oneself. To take an oath, which means to swear as if repeating a declaration seven times. Significantly, the word seven is associated with the father making an oath, swearing he will do something. When we look at the passage's context, we see that the father is swearing to Daniel that he will fulfill his oath in sending the promised Messiah to confirm the everlasting covenant that Daniel referred to in Daniel 9.4 to atone for the Jews' sins. The father swore to Abraham, he promised to Abraham that a great nation would be created out of his seed, the seed pointing to Messiah and those who believe in his atoning work. How divinely amazing that he gives an oath here to Daniel, pointing to 70 Shemitah cycles, which culminate in the promised Messiah ratifying the everlasting covenant with his blood as the Passover lamb. This prophecy is keyed in this way, with the sevens, so that people understand that it fulfills his oath 
Shaba to Father Abraham. This oath was confirmed to Isaac, Jacob, David, and all who believed the Father would send the Anointed One to atone for their sins. The number seven is also associated with the Jubilee cycle. The Father declared that the Israelites should let the land rest every seventh year. And he declares that after seven Shemitah cycles, after 49 years, a year of Jubilee should take place in the next year. We'll see this played out in the explanations of the divisions of the 70 weeks. So the prophecy is pointing to 70 weeks of years. 77s, which is 490 years. The format of the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy is very straightforward. 7 weeks, 49 years, to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. Then 62 weeks, 434 years, during which there were 400 years of silence from the prophets until Messiah arrived. And then the last week, 7 years, during which Messiah carried out his multi-year ministry and died for our sins, as the gospel was proclaimed to the Jews first. Look at how Messiah's words in Matthew 18.22 relate to the prophecy. Matthew 18.21 says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Then Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So Messiah is referring to the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy, which points to 70 times seven, the 490 years of the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy. Despite the Jews' sins against the Heavenly Father, which led to them being taken captive in Babylon, the Heavenly Father extended mercy to the house of Judah, as the prophecy points to the Anointed One, who would come to atone for their sins. The Jews were released to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple to prepare the way for Messiah, and many Jews believed in Messiah during the 70th week of Daniel 9, as 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost and more were added daily. Let's review the different segments of weeks in the prophecy to see what happened. I'll apply the Shemitah and Jubilee cycles to the timeline as it's very revealing. During the first seven weeks, the Jews were empowered to rebuild the city. The first seven weeks point to seven Shemitah cycles for 49 years. Since the first division represents seven seven-year Shemitah cycles, which make up a 49-year Jubilee cycle, we know that a 49-year Jubilee cycle preceded it so that the first year of the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy was a year of Jubilee. The Jubilee cycle is not 49 years and then one year of Jubilee for 50 years as some teach. It's a cycle of 49 years. So the first year of the 49 years is the year of Jubilee. And this is validated in the 490 years, the 10 Jubilee cycles of the prophecy. So the first year of the prophecy was a year of Jubilee, and it represents the Jews being released from captivity. And then you go through the sequence of sevens, the seven sevens, and you end up at the year 49. So then the next year, year 50, would be another year of Jubilee, which starts the cycle over again. So year 50 is actually the first year of the seven-year cycle and the first year of the 49-year cycle. And that just repeats 10 times during the prophecy. The basic idea of the year of Jubilee is that the captives are set free. And here we see the command for the Jews to be empowered to rebuild Jerusalem. The seven weeks were not grouped with the 62 weeks because it was a set-apart time to rebuild the city, which established the latter days of the nation of the Jews in Jerusalem. The former days existed before they were taken captive by the Babylonians and their city and temple destroyed. More importantly, it shows us the Jubilee cycle in the 49 years, pointing to 10 cycles in the whole 490-year prophecy. And this gives us a major clue as we can align the year of Jubilee to the starting year of 457 B.C. Isaiah 37.30 points to a year of Jubilee in 702 B.C., five Jubilee cycles beforehand in the 14th year of King Hezekiah. 
We have another witness in 1 Maccabees 6.49, which appears to point to a year of Jubilee that occurred six Jubilee cycles later in 163 BC. During the second period of 62 weeks, there was relative silence. Since the previous segment was seven Shemitah cycles spanning 49 years, the next year, the 50th year of the prophecy, was a year of Jubilee that took place in the first year of this 62-week period. The Jews would have celebrated this year of Jubilee as their city was built during the first segment of the prophecy and civil and ecclesiastic structure was restored. The seven weeks reestablished the Jewish nation in Jerusalem. The Jews were to obey the Father in following his Torah as they awaited the promised Messiah. We see the narratives of Ezra, Nehemiah, and Malachi about troublous times of rebuilding the city. And then, during the 62 weeks, there was silence from the prophets when no new revelation was given from the Father. From when the word was given to Malachi until the day when the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness, there was no voice from the Father to the Jews. The Jews had the writings of Isaiah and Jeremiah who admonished them for their unfaithfulness. They were reminded of being taken captive by the Babylonians and having Jerusalem and the temple destroyed. They were given a fresh start in the promise of their Messiah appearing in the 70th week of Daniel 9 prophecy. The Jewish leaders should have known the time of Messiah's visitation. The most important feature of the prophecy given to Daniel by the angel Gabriel is that it gave the precise timing to know when Messiah the Prince would appear to carry out his ministry and then die for our sins in the 7th week of Daniel. Gabriel announced the approach of the fulfillment of the 7th week of Daniel to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, who made the path straight for Messiah by preaching repentance to the Jews. Then Gabriel told Mary that she would birth the promised Messiah, which was perfect timing for Messiah to start his ministry at age 30 when the 70th week of Daniel began. During the third period, the one week, the 70th week of Daniel, Messiah the Prince died for our sins. The 69 weeks all point to the grand finale of the 70-week prophecy. What was done in the previous weeks was preparation for this most important era. In the 70th week of Daniel, Messiah died for our sins, rose again, ascended to heaven, and promised to return for a set-apart saints. Many people teach that the 70th week of Daniel 9 has not been fulfilled yet, so let's look at what the prophecy declares to understand when Messiah the Prince appeared. Put aside what people have said about the prophecy, which inserts a time gap in Antichrist, and just read what Daniel declares. Daniel 9.25 says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem, until Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. So if I tell you that it's 69 weeks until I give you a million dollars, do you think that you'll get the money during the 69 weeks? No, you will get it after the 69 weeks are fulfilled, meaning in the 70th week. The same thing is true of Messiah's arrival. He arrived in the 70th week, not in the 69th. Daniel tells us that 69 weeks, 483 years, are fulfilled before Messiah the Prince appears in the last week of the prophecy. Daniel 9.26 says, And after threescore and two weeks, which is 62 weeks, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the Prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. So recall the order of the 70-week prophecy. Seven weeks. 62 weeks and one week. So again, in Daniel 9.26, Daniel is saying that Messiah the Prince will come after the 62 weeks are fulfilled, which follows the seven weeks. So after 69 weeks. And what is after the 69th week? The 70th week. 
Then Daniel 9.27 tells us when Messiah died for our sins in the middle of the seven years of the 70th week. It says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. So Messiah's one-time atonement for sin caused the need for temple animal sacrifices to cease. In another video, I'll focus on the covenant in Daniel 9.27, but I want to show how the prophecy points to Messiah's multi-year ministry. The Strong's Hebrew dictionary word for midst is half, middle, in the midst, separated into two parts. So it's declaring that in the middle of the seven years of the 70th week of Daniel 9, three and a half years after it started, Messiah would confirm, ratify the everlasting covenant of Daniel 9.4 with his blood as the spotless Passover lamb, which ended the need for temple sacrifices. Some people teach that Messiah died during the last part of the 69th week, but the text declares that he appears after 69 weeks are fulfilled, meaning in the 70th week. Some people agree that it points to Messiah's appearance in the 70th week, but they say that it only points to the Passion Week when he rode into Jerusalem amidst the cries of Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Then he died and rose again later that week. So they're saying that the 70th week hasn't been fulfilled since only seven days were fulfilled by Messiah and that the rest points to the end times Antichrist. But it's logical to conclude that the prophecy is pointing to his whole ministry, not just the last week. And the narrative of the gospel describes his multi-year ministry during which he came to fulfill the many prophecies which point to him. Messiah was baptized by John to start his ministry. The promised Messiah was anointed with the Holy Spirit, fulfilling the passage in Daniel 9.24 to anoint the Most Holy. Messiah declared to the Jews in the Nazareth synagogue that Isaiah pointed to him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. At the beginning of his ministry, Mark 1.14.15 says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. So the phrase, the time is fulfilled, points to the start of the 70th week of Daniel 9. Messiah's disciples understood that he would appear in the 70th week as they were waiting for him to arrive. John 1, 40-41 says, One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Even the Samaritan woman at the well understood that Messiah was coming to teach the kingdom of his father. John 4, 25-26 says, The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. I'm going to stop here in the timeline explanation, as I'm keeping the video short to be able to provide the full explanation in small doses. In the next video, I'll show how Messiah's multi-year ministry started in Galilee as he came for the lost tribes of the house of Israel. If this video helped you, please click on the thumbs up, make a comment, and share it with others. You can print out PDF summaries, request a free PDF copy of the 70th week of Daniel 9 decoded book, or get a printed copy at www.70thweekofdaniel.com. That's all for today. I love y'all. Shalom.